The Mothership Podcast is sponsored by Hawaii Surrogacy Center. Start your family with Hawaii's leading surrogacy agency. Mothership, Snowy and Brooke, unfortunately, are on assignment. It's me, Steph, hanging out with you. Come on board. We are actually heading down to a special place in Hawaii Kai. And you know what? I was just so blown away. My first time there with my family driving in this neighborhood, not even knowing, like, okay, I'm following the directions. And then all of a sudden, I see farmland in a neighborhood close to the popular Cocoa Crater Trail. I'm like, wait, what? And yes, that's where we discovered Keiki and Plow. It's a family-run organic farm. And my family was invited to harvest our own produce, fresh fruits, vegetable, herbs. We were just like, wow, this place is so amazing. Our kids, my boys, then ran into a pen and then they played with farm animals too. And, you know, it was just so much fun. And their motto is stay wild, my child. And joining us today is the executive director of Keiki and Plow, Heather Moore. Thanks so much for joining us on the podcast Mothership tonight. Yeah, aloha. Thank you so much for inviting me to be a part of this. Yeah, so, you know, I just gave a brief description about Keiki and Plow. Can you share a little bit more about how this all began? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so as you mentioned, Keiki and Plow is an organic farm and it is a place for kids and families. And so we are a four acre property located in Hawaii Kai, just hidden behind everything that you know of Hawaii Kai, right? Costco is across the street and Kaiser High School is our neighbors. And so we're this hidden little gem back here. And really our focus is on the Keiki. And so our mission is to inspire health, empower children, and connect our community through sustainable agriculture. The day that you joined us was our popular farm play and harvest. And these are offered throughout the month as an opportunity to just come out and enjoy being on the land, reconnect with the food, get to know your farm, um, your farmers, and also just have fun, create some memories and experience outside together. So we've been here for about four years now, and the land has gone through such a crazy transformation in that amount of time. So when we first moved to this property, um, had not a lot of farming experience. I was a, a mom of three with a small garden at home and really passionate about having my kids know where their food came from. And as we started gardening as a family, my kids were just coming to life with how proud they were to have grown their own vegetables, to share it with our neighbors, to invite their friends into the garden to come work with us. And it really just kind of started this dream and vision of somehow doing this on a bigger scale. My background's in education and I've worked a lot in kind of nature and play therapy. 
And really this dream came together that is now Keiki and Plow. We're able to do that, connect with our food, but play outside together and let kids be kids. Well, you know, can we like just rewind a little bit more? Because I mean, yeah, you said it's a four acre farm and I got to see what it looks like today, but I can't imagine how much that land, I mean, has gone through and, and the amount of work. And if you could just give us a better idea Um, you know, who helped you? And, you know, when you first started, how did that seed get planted in your head to have, you know, this sprawling big farm now? What did it look like actually when you first moved there? Yeah, when we first moved here, the property didn't look anything like what you would see today. And so, in fact, we didn't really know how much work we were biting off because it was so overgrown that we couldn't really see the layers and layers of trash underneath all of the weeds and fallen trees. And somehow there was still just this crazy passion and dreaming of what this space would could be. And so my husband and my three kids and I, we would walk around and just kind of dream together. Oh, this is where the vegetables would go. This is where the chickens could go. Over here is the perfect place for a swing in the tree. And little by little, we just started to peel back the layers. Like we said before, this is a family farm. And so really, this is our ohana and our extended, you know, friends and community members showing up to help us every little step of the way. I'm really proud of the transformation the land has made. And it's such an important story of this land that was really misused and poorly treated and how in just four years time, a little bit of TLC, a whole lot of hard work. And this land is growing food for our community. This land is creating memories and foundations for our keiki. And it has just absolutely transformed in such a short amount of time that it encourages me how we can look out into different things around the world and they're just kind of a mess but really like we can fix this we can turn it back and make it whatever we want it to be and I'm just reminded of that every single day on the farm because there is always something that comes up right and it's just like that persistence and I think dreaming of like we'll get through this and it's gonna be great (laughs) and sometimes it's not but we get there eventually yeah and and I just kind of want to put the imagery in our listeners minds now as they imagine this this vast four acre farm and you know I am trying to imagine too what it was like and it was probably clearing a lot of what like even trees or um, like weeds and brush and that must have taken quite an amount of time and did you have the heavy machinery to do it or were you really just using pickaxes or, or shovels and just day by day literally like working that hard to do it just manual labor like that yeah it's really funny looking back now how stubborn we were about doing the work ourselves and doing the work with the tools that we had on hand. And so I have a really funny picture of my husband standing at the top of the field and the weeds are just taller than he is in some places. And he has a weed whacker. And I just, I've captioned this photo on our social media of like a man and his weed whacker and a plan. (laughs) And I mean, that's really how 
we did this. We just carved out one little area at a time and no big equipment, no huge, you know, um, sponsor on this. It was really just a lot of hard work, a lot of time and a lot of, um, yeah, just support from, from friends and family to helping us come out and do this bit by bit. And so, yeah, now when you come to the farm, right? I mean, we're growing rows and rows of organic produce. We're planting more and more fruit trees and long-term kind of orchard trees. We have 50 chickens, we have bunnies, we have ducks, we have two very friendly goats. We just added a couple of sheep to our farm. Lots of children, a wild farm dog. I mean, it is just a true working farm at this point. And um, yeah, again, it's just, it's gone through so much transformation in such a short amount of time that it blows my mind. And I've been here every day working towards it. And it still seems, you know, too magical that we are here now. Wow. So you didn't have a background in farming. So did, did your husband help with that? Did he have a background in farming as well? No, I mean, we are definitely people that learn as we go, right? And if there is a passion, it is something that we will find the answer to and the way to. And so we really complemented each other very well. In, um, I have like the background in early childhood and in programming. And he is a, was an engineer with just a very kind of, this is step one, step two, step three. And so things like irrigation and crop rotation, you know, he was very quickly able to just come up with a plan. We always joke that we're, YouTube farmers at heart, you know, we volunteered a lot on other farms in our community and we watched a whole lot of videos late at night and read every book that we could on organic small scale farming and really just trial and error over and over and over again. (laughs) Wow. So, I mean, how would you say that he left his mark? I mean, you talked about, you know, the things that he created and yeah. looking at the farm today, where would you say that, you know, he kind of like left his mark? Or... Yeah, so a lot of the kind of viewers and families kind of tuning in might not know that we lost Ryan in January. Um, he passed away after a very quick um, but intense kind of um, episode of depression and really pandemic and isolation was just brutal for where he was at and so for such a brilliant man so full of life and just passion and drive it's so tragic that he's not here but it's also so beautiful the legacy that he has left our family me and our community and so we kind of just been sharing with our community through concerts in his honor really what Ryan's legacy was and we pulled out a couple lines from his journal that was dream bigger, you know, live boldly and love fiercely. And I feel like Keiki and Plow has embodied those values from before we'd even really had this property to call our own. And every day, you know, we try to do those through the work. And I think that when families come, that is what they feel. That's what they take away. And it's so much of, you know, his vision that he is in everything at this place. And 
I feel really blessed um, to be able to carry that forward, to be able to heal on this land and, and not just for me or my family, but we're all coming out of a difficult time, you know, for one reason or another. And it's so beautiful to watch how the land and the animals and nourishing food can really slow us down and connect us. And it's so, again, so tragic that he's not here, but what a beautiful legacy that he has left us and life that we get to continue to carry out. So I'm very, very grateful. <laughs> wow. Um, you know, my, I'm really sorry, Heather, to hear all of that. And um, I am actually blown away and just amazed at, uh, you know, your strength, uh, you know, your determination to push forward. Um, I mean, here you are, uh, you're a mom with three kids and I it's a huge farm. And uh, were there ever some tough times where you thought to yourself, you know, how am I going to do this, you know, without him? How am I going to keep this going? Yeah, absolutely. I think there is so much that is difficult about being a farmer in general, about being a mother of three young kids, right? Of living during a pandemic. Like there's so much swirling around us that is hard. And it's not just hard for me, it's hard for so many of us. I try to really keep that into perspective. Um, and I'm also really blessed in how overwhelmed I am, I think, because I live on a farm. So whether I'm having a good day or a bad day, chickens have to be fed and plants have to be watered and children need to be loved. And the only thing I can say for how I am still standing is it's out of necessity. And through that, I am finding strength and also just so supported and loved by family and friends and the greater community. I mean, we've just been so wrapped in so much aloha that on the worst days, I know that it's okay to have a bad day and to, to put it all down for a little bit because I have so many people around me willing to pick it up. And yeah, I just, I'm so grateful again to be at Kiki and Plow to be able to do this work and the joy that I see this place bring to so many families and kids coming that's just so inspiring and it keeps me going and it reminds me of why we worked so hard for this in the first place why we dreamt of this and I'm really lucky to be able to continue to see those kind of rewards day in and day out. Have the kids been that understanding about it um they're very young but yeah. of course you say too that there's a lot that has to be done and I'm sure they have chores <laughs> so <They> sure do. <laughs> yeah how did that impact them and how did they get through it yeah I think we're still getting through it right and I think that that's some of the the, the hardest things to wrap our minds around is that it will never be fixed. You know, we'll be grieving and missing Ryan for forever. And for each of them, that process is really unique. You know, my kids are 10, 8, and Miley's just about to be 6. And each of them are really processing it different. But again, it's just, it goes back to 
I think how we raise children in this beautiful island community is that Ohana is so much bigger than just the five of us, right? And so Ohana is our staff that are showing up day in and day out, taking care of the farm and taking care of us, playing with the kids, just keeping them, you know, busy and just pouring love on them and really just helping to make sure that each kid has a lot of just like, I see you and you're special and I love you. And that has just been such a gift from our team and from our friends and, you know, extended family and teachers were over here today. I mean, it's just been so incredible to see how much love we have. And for the kids, it's really just about loving them and being there during those hard moments. And for me, really trying to just keep the consistency in the routine of our life. And I think that's all we can do right now is wake up, feed the chickens, go to the beach, you know, have dinner with grandma and grandpa and watch the sun go down and just hold on to each other through this, the good days and the bad days. And it's fun for them to live on a place that is fun, right? And so, so many of the activities that we've done this summer have really been with my kids in mind of what are they gonna love to do? You know, concerts at the farm, pizza, shave ice, let's do it. <laughs> and so, yeah, little by little, we're just, you know, making it happen. That's so awesome to hear. So awesome to hear. You know, I, I, I consider you lucky. And I think some people have that dream, like, you know, I want to quit my job. <laughs> you know, right. live on a farm. So walk <laughs> us through a typical day of what it's like, um, you know, and, and I joked around that the kids have chores, but, but what do you, what, what is it like at the Heather Moore household? <laughs> you know? It's chaos. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's pretty wild. Um, each day starts with, like most families, kids running in far too early, hungry for breakfast. And I try to do uh, animals first and cakey seconds. And so whenever they're up, they're pretty well trained now that for the most part, they can go out and do their morning chores. And so my daughter is eight. She feeds the chickens and the ducks and the bunny. My son does the, the goats and the sheep. And my little one takes care of the animals in the house. And then depending on the day, we just kind of roll straight into programming. So now that we are opening up a little bit more, our farm play and harvest days are back. And so those right now are running twice a week. And the kids put on their Cakey and Plow staff t-shirt and help load up the produce and, you know, the logo materials and really get to work. So we're busy most of the morning kind of just welcoming families and my girls love to be up by the animals just kind of helping kids learn how to hold a chicken and help them feed the animals and my son loves the front end so welcoming people handling the money going back and forth he is such a little entrepreneur but they are really wonderful workers you know they enjoy the work that they're doing and by noon, it is hot on the farm. <laughs> we are ready to come up and make a big old smoothie bowl. And we kind of just lay on the floor for a while. <laughs> we love listening to audiobooks together. And so that's kind of our, our resting time. 
And then typically afternoons, I, I try really hard to switch into that just mommy hat and we go out to the beach or we get together with friends. And often there's a little bit of farm work that needs to be done again, you know, in the evenings and chores again. And we wind down pretty early in our house. And that's usually when I'm able to catch up on kind of the back end, right? So email, social media, kind of networking, balancing the books, all of the other things that come with running a business, that's after the kids have gone to bed, I, I kind of get back at that stuff, unless I just pass out with them, <laughs> which happens uh, a lot. <laughs> and does everything that you eat as a family, is it all from the farm? <laughs> I wish I could say that that is true. I think I struggle just like any other mother out there trying to get their kids to eat and love their vegetables. And I always joke, like maybe I just didn't start soon enough and that's why this is so important. Um, I have one very adventurous, great eater and she can be found pulling up carrots right out of the field and we're like, wash it before you eat it. <laughs> and so she's great. Um, my other two are very picky, conservative eaters and I'm not a great cook either. And so we always joke, like I can grow all the food and I really appreciate when other people cook it for me. And that's been so much fun is really working with local chefs and, you know, doing cooking workshops so that I myself can learn how to really use the medicine that is growing right outside of my house and incorporate these different textures and flavors um, into everyday cooking that my family will eat. And so I think it's part of what makes our farm so relatable and approachable is I'm not doing it perfect. I don't have all of the answers. I don't have a magic wand, but I'm certainly trying and being creative and opening, open to learning and trying again and again. And I think that's the gift is we have it right at our doorstep but we still have to put in the work and the diligence and do the meal planning. And yeah. And I like that you're really open and really honest and transparent about, you know, that you are a, a mom too, and that you have to <laughs> tend to mom duties. And even on the website, you say, you know, sorry, these are the certain hours that were open. <laughs> but after that, it's like, you're devoted to the family. And, and, you know, I, as moms, I mean, we can all understand and appreciate that, that you could set that time. It's very important, you know, that you're not just focused, you know, just on, you know, running the farm. Otherwise that could burn you out and it probably could burn the kids out too. Yeah. So, yeah. It, it really is a delicate balance. And it's something that we learned really early on is that farm work never ends ever, right? There is always something that needs to be fixed, something that can be improved, the next crop to plan for, oh, that one didn't work, that animal escaped out of their fencing. It's really hard to turn it off. And it's a blessing that I'm able to live here, but I also have to walk past all of the things on my to-do list all day long. And it is definitely a discipline, right? Of saying, I'm not working after this time. So I've had to really implement things like turning my phone off, putting in airplane mode. This is mommy time. I'm playing a board game. And I hope that, you know, we are out there saying that enough. I'm not ignoring you. I'm not, you know, <laughs> not responding. I'm just, I'm in mommy mode right now. And I pick up what I can when I can. And 
it's a challenge. It's, you know, a practice that I'm still getting more confident of saying, no, I can't right now. Kids first. It's a value that I want to be the priority. It's a lot of work to put those stops into place, but it's so important. And I never want the farm to become bigger than my love for the kids. They come first, especially now where we're at in our life. There has to be that balance. And so, yeah, it's a struggle, but it's a priority for sure. Right. You know, um, and I know that you were sharing with me when I was there about your plans to have flowers and yes. then when people walk in, that's what they're going to see and be greeted by. And I'm just like, wow, it's so awesome that, you know, you are having these visions and you're able to, to see them through. And, you know, the farm is so beautiful and it's so very spacious. So I can see a lot of potential for doing more with it, but at the same time, you don't want to do too much that you can't handle. But I guess what I want to ask is, you know, how long do you see yourself doing this? Um, because I think as time and, and when kids get older, you yeah. might be getting a lot more busier too. Have you thought about that? I think about it all the time. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it is a lot, right? And I was having the conversation with a friend today that really where the farm is at right now, we're so blessed because it's it's growing, right? We have a wonderful support from the community. You know, people want to be here and that's such a blessing. I'm also very mindful about not growing too big too fast. I think what is special and unique about Kiki and Plow is that when you come, I remember you've been here before and I know your kids' names and I don't want it to become this Disneyland line off the door type of place. It's really important to me to preserve that intimate family feel because that's true to us. So being mindful about the type of programming that we offer, the types of events and when we're open and what our hours are, that's really a, a strong priority for me. But also being realistic of, yeah, I'm a single mom of three young children now. They're getting bigger every single day. I want to be involved in their school. I want to be involved in their sports. And that also means that as much as I try, I can't actually do all of it. It's a huge revelation for me recently. Farming is a full-time job. Education programming is a full-time job. Running a nonprofit is a full-time job. Raising children is a full-time job. And so I'm at a point where I really need to delegate and kind of branch out and find people to join our team that can really carry on the work that we're doing. And as we grow, I think it's going to be hiring some very strategic people to help us manage the farm side, to help us manage the educational programming. And so I'm setting that intention out into the world that those right people will come our way and we'll be able to continue to grow in a really authentic yet sustainable way for myself, for my family, and for Cakey and Plow as an organization as well. Uh, so this question goes along with what I had mentioned earlier, because I did, you know, mention several times to myself, like, gosh, I, you know, I wish that I could run a farm and, you know, do it on my own. And I would love to just, you know, be in a farm, wake up and just be a farmer. But in reality, is it financially, you know, stable? I mean, is it, is it hard yeah. to, to maintain enough finances to 
raise a family, keep the farm running. I mean, it's not that easy. It's not that simple. And you just mentioned it already that a lot of work goes into it, but just the money aspect of it all, that's that's a huge one. It is huge. And, you know, when we started this kind of adventure, Brian and I really bootstrapped and leveraged everything that we had financially to make this happen. And we did that with the faith that it would, it would eventually pay off and be able to support us. The lifestyle itself is what we wanted for our family to grow up on land, to grow up close to nature, to do something valuable in our community and for them to see us in roles that really had, you know, kind of a, a, a true purpose that they could identify with. Um, I love that my kids get to see me at work, that they get to walk in while I'm doing an interview. You know, it gives me some street cred that like mom knows what she's talking about. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, it's definitely difficult. Farming is challenging and farming in Hawaii with the cost of land is is huge. The cost of labor is huge. So it's definitely difficult. And we were really blessed that within the first three years, we were starting to break even. And then COVID hit and we just went completely back the other way. And it's absolutely mind boggling to me that in 2019, we served 10,000 children through our farm play and harvest. We did 2,500 children through educational tours and programming. So we're serving a significant chunk of keiki on the South shore of Oahu and still not really seeing financially that return. And so it's definitely a struggle. And I think that that's the story for a lot of farmers is you can't pay your lease on radishes and carrots. You really have to diversify and be creative and be smart with how you manage your resources. And we're really blessed that we are coming out of the pandemic and we're financially recovering. And again, it's just this commitment that I have to continue to be here, but to really be smart with our resources and strategic with our programming. I do not think that the farm would stay afloat if it wasn't for the tours and the events and really supported by the experience types of activities, just the produce alone, there's no way. (laughs) Yeah, thank you so much for all you do for our community and for even offering this. I mean, your place really is a hidden gem. And the fact that you invite families, students, have their field trips over there, it is such a great experience and a great place to learn about so much, the produce, harvesting. I see you working there with the hole in your hand on the crops. But, um, you know, we like to end our podcast with inspirational quotes. And we're wondering if you happen to have one to share. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Well, the one that I've been kind of keeping in my pocket on a note card all week this week, literally right here, um, is as we look to create light for others, we naturally find our own way. And I love that, right? It's in creating the magic for the world around us that we truly kind of find that magic in ourselves. And I think that this has just really hit me and stuck with me all week as we're finishing out our summer concerts and thinking about our fall programming is how do I 
create something that's going to bring that spark for our visitor. And when I see that spark in them, it lights up something in me. And so, yeah, as we look to create light for others, we naturally find our own way. And wow. That- I feel like we should go bing. bing. <laughs> 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 Ooh, it's bright. You it's glowing. Found the bank, right? <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah. Wow. Fall program. So is there anything that you can mention right now about what we can look forward to? Well, we're excited that as we advance in the the tiers um, for our state, we are no longer going to be requiring um, pre-reservation for our open farm days. And so we had been capping them, you know, first it was 25, then it was 50, then it was 75. And so we're at a point now where we're just going to say, hey, the farm is open on Tuesdays and Fridays please come join us and you can just call up your friends that day and head on down. We are closed though, um, starting this Monday until August 16th. I'm actually taking vacation. So I know we jump on a plane on Monday. And so farm will be closed and then we'll come back, you know, excited to welcome everybody back out to Kiki and Plow um, early August. All right, right on. And you could easily find Heather Moore um, on the website, a fantastic website that gives you uh, great directions to Keiki and Plow in Hawaii Kai. And are you also on social media? We are. We're very active on Instagram and Facebook. And then again, our website, keikiandplow.org. All right, Heather Moore, thanks so much for joining us on the Mothership Podcast. And yes, join them at Keiki and Plow during the hours that they're open now because Heather might be busy tending to mommy duties. Thanks again, Heather, for joining us and everybody out there. Thanks so much for listening. Take care and be safe and stay wild, child. Yeah, stay wild. Thank you. Aloha, guys. Yes, we got a break.